You are listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you would like to discuss today's readings, head on over to the Mystical City of God in a Year Facebook page, and there you'll be able to interact with other listeners and followers. Let us now thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaim the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their hearts and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example and holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady. Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir a flame in our hearts, the same missionary fervor of Sor Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 130. We are reading from chapter 26 of volume 2, book 3. And today we are reading paragraph numbers 327 to 334. 327. Since Lucifer then did not know the dignity of Mary, the mother of God, at the time of this persecution, fierce as it was, it was not so terrible as the one she suffered later on, when he knew who she was. If, in this present occasion, he had known that she was the one whom he had seen in heaven, clothed with the sun, and that she was to crush his head, he would have been lashed into devouring fury and consumed in fiery wrath. If they were so fearfully enraged at the mere thought of her sanctity and perfection, it is certain that they had known her greatness. They would, as far as would be allowed them, have disturbed the whole universe in order to make an end of her. However, since they, on the other hand, were ignorant of the mysteries of the Heavenly Lady and on and other hand felt the effects of her extreme virtue and sanctity. They were, on this occasion, thrown into confusion and doubt, asking each other who this woman could be, against whom they saw their power dwindle into insignificance, and whether perhaps she was not the one who was to hold first place among creatures. 328. Others judged that she could not possibly be the mother of the Messiah, for whom men were waiting. For besides having a husband, she with her husband belonged to the poorest, humblest, and the most insignificant people in the world. They had wrought no public miracles or prodigies, nor had they attracted the esteem or reverence of any of their fellow men. As Lucifer and his associates are so proud, they could not persuade themselves that such extreme humility and self-debasement can consort with the dignity of Mother of God. Lucifer thought that God in his power would not choose for himself what the devil had considered unworthy of his own dignity, which he knew was beneath that of the Almighty. In short, he was deceived by his own arrogance and giddy pride. 
For these are the vices which are most apt to darken the intellect and to drag the will to ruin. On this account, Solomon says that their own malice had made them blind, in order that they might not know that the eternal word was to make use of such means, in order to destroy the arrogance and haughtiness of the dragon. For his thoughts were distant from those of the Almighty, farther than the earth is distant from heaven. He thought that God would come from heaven into the world with great show and strength and opposition, humiliating by his power the proud princes and monarchs, which the demon had filled with his own arrogance. And so well had he succeeded that many who reigned before the time of Christ were inflated with such pride and presumption as to have lost their common sense and to have forgotten that they were mortal and earthly. Lucifer judged of all these things according to his own vanity and according to his own method of the proceeding against the works of God. 3.29 But the infinite wisdom took measures beyond all the calculations of Lucifer, for he came to conquer him, not only by his omnipotence, but by humility, meekness, obedience, and poverty, which are the weapons of his welfare. Far from him are the empty show and vanity maintained by the riches of the world. He came disguised and hidden in the outward appearance of lowliness. He chose a poor mother. All that the world values, he came to despise, teaching the true science of life in word and example. Thus the devil found himself deceived and overcome by the very things that were most repugnant and unbearable to him. 3.30 In ignorance of all these mysteries, Lucifer spent some days in spying out and reconnoitering the natural condition of Most Holy Mary, her character, temperament, inclinations, the tranquility, evenness, and considerateness of her conduct, but the enemy could discover no flaw. Seeing the perfection and sweetness of all that concerned her and that she was like an impregnable wall, he returned to his demons and laid before them the great difficulty of tempting her. All of them projected mighty plans of attack, encouraging each other and trying to solve the difficulties. Of the execution of these designs of all glorious triumphs of the heavenly princess over her enemies and of the foiling of all their damned and malicious counsels, I will speak in the following chapter. Instruction vouchsafed me by the Queen of Heaven, the Most Holy Mary. 331. My daughter, I wish that thou be very cautious and watchful in regard to the ignorance and darkness by which the demon commonly ensnares mortals and makes them forget their eternal salvation and the continual danger of its loss through his persecutions. Men are lost in forgetful rest and sleep, as if there were no vigilant and powerful enemies. This dreadful carelessness arises from two causes— On the one hand, men are so taken up with their earthly and sensible being that they do not feel any other evils except those concerning the animal nature in them. All that is interior is harmless in their estimation. On the other hand, since the princes of darkness are invisible and unperceived by any of the senses, and since carnal men neither touch nor feel nor see them, they forget the fear of them. 
Yet for this very reason, they ought to be more attentive and careful, since invisible enemies are more cunning and adroit in injuring us by their treachery. So much the more certain is the danger, the more concealed it is, and so much the more deadly are the wounds, the less they are felt and recognized. 3.32. Listen, my daughter, to most important truths concerning eternal life. Attend to my counsels, follow my instructions, and receive my warnings. For if thou pass them by unheeded, I will cease to speak to thee. Hear what thou hast not until now known of the disposition of these enemies. I wish to make known to thee that no intellect, nor any tongue of man or angels, can describe the wrath and fury which Lucifer and his demons entertain against mortals, just because they are images of God, and because they are capable of enjoying him for all eternity. The Lord alone can comprehend the wicked malice of these proud and rebellious spirits against his holy name and against his worship. If these foes were not restrained by his almighty arm, they would in one moment destroy the world. They would like famishing lions, like wild beasts and fierce dragons, dispatch all mankind and tear them to pieces. Now, however, the most kind father of all mercies wards off and curbs their wrath, and he bears his little children in his arms in order that they may not fall a prey to these hellish wolves. 3.33. Consider then, as seriously as thou canst, whether anything deserves greater pity than to see so many men misled into danger and made forgetful of it, how some of them cast themselves into it on account of their light-heartedness, some of them for trivial reasons, others for a short and instantaneous pleasure, others through negligence, and yet others on account of their inordinate appetites, tearing themselves away from the places of refuge in which the Almighty had placed them, to fall into the hands of such cruel and furious enemies, and not only to feel their fury for an hour, a day, a month, or a year, but to suffer indescribable and unmeasured torments for all eternity. Thou shouldst be filled with fear and wonder, my daughter, to see such horrible and dreadful foolishness among the impenitent mortals, and to see even the faithful who have come to know and confess all this by faith, so far lose their understanding and allow themselves to be so insanely blinded by the devil that they neither regard nor avoid this danger. 3.34. In order that thou mayest fear it and preserve thyself the better, Remember that this dragon knows thee and lurks about thee ever since the hour of thy creation and entrance into this world. Night and day he restlessly prowls about, seeking some chance of capturing thee as a prize. He observes thy natural inclinations and also the gifts of the Lord in order to combat thee with thy own weapons. He charges other demons with thy ruin and promises reward to those that are more diligent in securing it. They weigh thy actions carefully, watch thy footsteps, and work zealously to lay snares for thee in all thy undertakings. I desire thee to meditate on these truths in the Lord, who will show thee whither they lead. Compare them afterwards with thy own experience, and thou wilt understand whether thou hast any occasion for sleep in the midst for such dangers." 
Although this watchfulness is important for all the women born, it is more necessary to thee than to others for special reasons. And if I do not mention them all to thee now, do not doubt that thou must live with great vigilance and caution. It suffices to remind thee of thy soft and yielding nature, which thy enemies will strive to make use of for thy destruction. This concludes our reading today for day number 130 in which we finish chapter 26 of volume 2, book 3, paragraphs 327 to 334. One of the things we have been considering in our daily reflections, kind of one of these themes that confronts us quite often, has been the notion or reality of the perfection of Mary. Again, this goes back to the Immaculate Conception and how God spared her. So there is this perfection in her that is not in us because of original sin. We heard today, if they were so fearfully enraged at the mere thought of her sanctity and perfection, it is certain that they had known her greatness. They would, as far as would be allowed, have disturbed the whole universe in order to make an end of her. So Maria here is speaking about the sanctity and perfection of Mary and how really it made the demons tremble. Now imagine if we pursue sanctity. Imagine if we strive toward perfection, that every day we grow in holiness. Well, that enrages the evil one as well. Draw closer to God and know you're going to face the lure of evil in your life. The devil seeks to destroy. So when something good is taking place, the devil is going to try to get in there and say, no, I don't want you to focus on this goodness. I want you to have something bad happen or for you to be tempted and fall to sin. This is the reality that we have. And so the presence of evil is real. Grow in holiness, sanctity, and perfection. The devil is an accuser. He's going to tell you, you're not worthy of God. He's going to tell you, don't you remember everything you've done in the past? And everything you've done in the past has been because of the inspiration and the prompting of the evil one, in which we said yes to the temptation and no to God's will for us. And so the devil is going to get into our spiritual life and he's going to try to wreak havoc. And we just have to have the strength to be able to identify this. Something good is happening to me right now. I can expect something evil to come. Be aware, be mindful, and then as these things arise, then you can bring them to God in prayer. It's interesting, you know, I think, because the devil is called the deceiver. And in the incarnation, it's almost as if God deceives the deceiver. And what do I mean by that? We heard it a little bit today. We've heard it yesterday. But the fact that they did not expect that Mary was going to be the mother of the promised one. Others judged that she could not possibly be the mother of the Messiah for whom men were waiting. For besides having a husband, she 
with her husband belong to the poorest, the humblest, and most insignificant people in this world. He came disguised and hidden in the outward appearance of lowliness. He chose a poor mother, all that the world values. He came to despise, teaching the true science of life in word and example, and thus the devil found himself deceived and overcome by the very things that were most repugnant and unbearable to him. Almighty God deceives the deceiver. And allow God to be at work in you so that the deceiver might be deceived by you as well. That he might look at you and say, oh, this is an easy one. But really, you're not. Because you are powerful with God and powerful with Mary and with all the saints. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the mystical city of God. I'm grateful that you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.